Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to the 9320 Pod Friday Show, where, thank God, there's some proper football to look forward to <laughs> on the horizon. Uh, we'll be looking ahead to what could be considered a very big game against Everton at the weekend, but first, also looking back at uh, the international break. So I apologise in advance for that. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be looking at everything regarding City, England, and a lot more. Uh, in the next hour or so, I'm delighted to be joined by a long absent uh, guest. Uh, hello, Kerry. Hello, thanks for having How me are you back. Doing? Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. Good to Is have that really you. Passive back. aggressive. <laughs> How are you doing, anyway? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, very good. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm also good. very much looking forward to some proper football now this weekend. Oh God! Yeah. I noticed you started your retweets again, Howard. You know your your Premier League. Uh, <laughs> Retweets, so I, I knew I was coming that. back. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to wind specific Liverpool fans up at the moment, so, who are annoying me intensely. Just pointing so. them to that Nivea advert uh, where Oxley Chamberlain's um, shaving his chest. I mean, that's one of the most ludicrous things I've ever seen. Yeah, well, when I wanted to wind up United fans, I just they used to link in the old uh, Wayne Rooney adverts. If you <laughs> Have you seen one for the wine supplier? No, it's, I've not seen that. Oh, honestly, I'll, I'll put it on my Twitter account later. It's one of the most excruciating <laughs> sixty-second adverts I've ever seen in my life. It is magnificent. <laughs> Him and uh, Ryan Giggs in a wine advert. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Is it as bad as well, the Nivea um... one? Makes the Nivea one look like an Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> Best thing about the Nivea one is they got James Milner in it as well. Like it's just you're trying to sell charisma, you know. It's just <laughs> James Milner trying to shave his chest and unable to until he gets some Nivea. It's just amazing. Like what are they doing? <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out again later as well. So, uh, and you may have heard in the background. Uh, hello to Lloyd. How are you doing, Lloyd? I'm good, thanks. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to give a quick mention to that Michael Owen uh, advert where he's. Uh, in the plane, I think it's Abu Dhabi oh, that, or Dubai. Yeah, that is amazing. And it is unreal. It's a masterpiece. And the CGI as well. It's so good. It's brutal. Because Sam, <laughs> Sam Torrance hits a fake golf ball into the screen. It's oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point where I lost all control over. It's it's nice. It's Michael Owen <laughs> saying, let's go take a look. Like, just yeah. with absolutely like a, like a dead person. It's just... <laughs> So why do they hire these people? You know, try to sell something. <laughs> right, I'm definitely doing a Twitter thread later. Yes, <laughs> because, yeah, that because be there good. is a there's a Mike Lowen one as well where he's in a car showroom that he's been hired to talk about <laughs> cars, and it's almost as bad as a Jeep. <laughs> Honestly, oh, I just can't wait to watch them all now. Yeah, so. yeah, just cancel the pod, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's hey, we're best talk. Yeah, we'd best talk some uh, proper football. Well, not proper football, because it's the international break first, but I've got an opening question of sorts. Uh, I think Man City 1894 asked it as well on Twitter. Have you ever been to an England or other international game yourself? And if so, what did you make of it? Lloyd, have you been to watch England many times? I, I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably not the best person to answer this. Um, I've never watched England live Um I've only ever watched other teams. I've been to see the Netherlands in Holland when they used to be good, um, which was which <laughs> yeah. was quite which was quite good because it was in um, it was in Feyenoord, and it was when Klaasian Huntel I was like really really good striker. But no, I've I've been to way more international rugby games than I have football games actually. So um, I can't really comment. The only the only thing I could say about the Netherlands game, and I've actually oh, I've actually been to a, a couple of Wales games. Um, is yeah, just that there seemed, especially with the Wales games. And I think this could be a Wales specific thing. They just seem to be a bit more. They're quite well. I think again, this is because Wales' stadium is in is in Cardiff, and the stadium in this is right right in the centre of the town instead of yeah. a bit like City. But yeah, there's a really really good atmosphere before the game that you and it's the same at the Netherlands game. But sometimes you don't get um, at a City game in terms of like that building, and you kind of what you get on what's like a cup final for a City game or whatever. But yeah, like I said, I'm probably not the best qualified because I haven't been to an England game. Uh, Kerry, you've been to yeah, internationals of... As a, as a Welshman, I actually was at the uh, the, the famous England 
Greece, where Beckham scored that free kick. Um, As was I, yeah. Yeah, at, at the Swamp. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, I've only been to, I think I've been to three international games. One was that. The other one was Wales against Italy, um, which was a famous 2-1 win for Wales. Um, and then the other one was a really, really dull Wales one a couple of years ago. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was playing Israel and it was nil-nil. Um, and it was very poor. But... Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm not a huge international fan, really. In general, it's it's always, always, always been City over internationals for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I've been to three as well. One, some bizarre friend, the Argentina Russia or something at Old Trafford about twenty years ago. Uh, I went to that Old Trafford game that Beckham's scored in. But what was that? What was that like? Yeah, it was. It was good. It was a good experience. Yeah. Can't remember. The atmosphere wasn't bad, but it didn't. Basically, it felt a lot different to my third <laughs> example <laughs> of an international game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it had that brilliant ending as well, so it was great, uh, and it did feel pretty important. Though I think if England hadn't won that game, they'd still have been in the playoffs. So it wasn't quite all or nothing. Yeah, uh, and to be honest, Beckham was. What probably the only good England player that day? Yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah, pretty poor performance. So, uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed it. But my third, my third experience, I went to the Croatia game where the Wally and the uh, Broly, so <laughs> McLaren, where we went out basically after losing at home to Croatia, uh, and it was just a horrible experience. The weather was atrocious, hence the Broly. Uh, just casual racism and misogyny from, I don't know if I sat in the wrong place, by a lot of cockney people around me. Uh, and then out to what Stanley Watford got absolutely soaked. The game obviously was appalling, full of mistakes, got soaked, uh, got off at the wrong stop. I walked through the rain for half an hour and then got no sleep whatsoever because someone was snoring in the same hotel room. So... <laughs> All in all, that's put me off uh, international <laughs> games. So. Understandable. That was the I, Wembley experience. <laughs> I love how much of that wasn't even related to the actual match. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the match was, yeah, quite an exciting game, but, yeah, just everything about the night was just, uh, you just wish you'd stay, you never, never left your house that day. Uh, obviously, you got sacked the next morning, so, yeah, I can't say I have much desire to to see international games again. So shall we move on though to the international break? Uh, Lloyd, how painful has this been for you <laughs> having no f- club football for two weeks? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's almost been, this is what I was thinking, it's almost actually been three weeks if you think about it because that yeah. Shakhtar game at home, it kind of doesn't really count, does it? In my eyes anyway, because... It wasn't a wasn't a proper city game as 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 the one that we've got used to just because we were already so far the ahead. Basel, so. Yeah. yeah, sorry, Basel. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. The, we were just so far ahead that it just I don't know. The kind of the last real game was the Chelsea game uh, that we won one 0 So yeah, I don't know. I can de- I, I can deal with two weeks, but it's almost felt like three weeks. Um, you know, which for, I think obviously for the players is a great thing because so many of them have been overworked. So I think it's probably done them the world of good. But yeah, it has it has really dragged on, really dragged on. Yeah, Kerry, how about for you? Was it? I mean, one week I could take a week off football, but <laughs> it was the timing as well. I think. I mean, I, I like Lloyd. I can't remember the. It's been so long ago. I can't remember what I lost game, but we did win at Stoke, didn't we, on a Monday night? And I can't even tell you if that was the last game. I just know there's been <laughs> nothing for weeks and weeks. And it's yeah. weird, we're on the cusp of the title. And then we've just, and then we've drawn Liverpool in the Champions League. And then everything stopped in March for two weeks. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's been very frustrating, I think. Yeah, I think that, that on, on a personal level, it's been great. So I've been really busy with work and so I've not, I've not had any distractions. I've done loads of work. It's been great, uh, really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, on, on the downside, because there's been no football, we've just had this whole Liverpool atmosphere bollocks, 
you know, it's just I think that's yeah. extended longer than it would have done if there'd been matches being played. Um, and that's just absolutely done my head in. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it feels like it's never ending that, that discussion. To, to the point that we're now being criticised for the speed at which we sell out the game. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely bad. <laughs> it's just insane. Uh, uh, now, we all did actually watch both England games because that's the, that's the professionals that we are, the sacrifices we make for this <laughs> podcast. Uh, absolutely. Kerry, what did, did <laughs> what did you think of uh, England? Uh, obviously, I don't want to steal your thunder, but uh, it was not as bad as a lot of previous games I've watched. Yeah, I, I used to really enjoy watching England. Um, and then I just sort of really, really lost interest the last kind of, I don't know, six or seven years. We've just been so dire. It's just been so, so bad. It's just not been remotely appealing, you know, no atmosphere, nothing. Um, but I just, I genuinely quite enjoyed these games. Um, and I, like I you know, yes, I'm Welsh, but my parents are English, and I was raised. I was raised watching England games over Wales games when I was younger, so I do have a bit of a foot in both camps. But um, I, I did enjoy it, and so I mean, I haven't watched many before these two, so I might be out of line, but saying certain things like it seemed that they were trying to change the way they're playing and stuff like that. I don't know how much of that they've been trying in the last few games prior to this, but you know, it was. It was interesting. It looked like, kind of looked like, you know, City looked in the first few months of Pep, um, where, you know, we're trying things and, you know, it wasn't quite working. It was, but you could see the intention and the ideas and that was all, you know, quite admirable. Um, I found it interesting. It was really interesting watching the, the City players, you know, especially Walker and Stones and watching them kind of trying to, you know, point non-city players into position and stuff <laughs> like kind of where they expect yeah. them to be, and and I think we had a few hairy moments because players weren't going where you know Walker and Stones thought they'd be and stuff like that. So it was just really interesting that just seeing you know the pep effect, and it also extends to Wales. Wales scored a goal against China the other day, which every single Wales player touched the ball. Now, wow. At, Having watched Wales for a long time, I can say that is definitely not something <laughs> that that's not how Wales play. So um, that is also quite interesting. You know, it's just this uh, whether it's Pep or not, but you know, it, it, it's a coincidence that now suddenly England are playing like this, um, and there were you know there were marked similarities between how City set up or how City play and pass the ball around and pass out from the back and things like that. So I quite enjoyed it for that reason, really. And I sort of admire the fact of trying to do something different. Yeah. I think, well, you know, Stone's made two mistakes very early in Italy game, but, and I'm not trying to absolve him from blame for that because they are mistakes, but I think what you said before is quite pertinent that no one actually came. He probably expected someone to move, you know, the players ahead of him to move, to give him a passing option. And there wasn't any. He <clears throat> dilly dallied yeah. and got, you know, yeah. it's just different. He's not used to that. He's used to, Someone being there, yeah, yeah. So always, yeah, making themselves available, multiple options all the time. So and also, yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, we'll come on to them probably. But you know, Walk and Stones both in both games played some unbelievable passes. You know, just yeah, of the like. There was one Stones pass in the Holland game, I think it was, and it he must have taken, and it was along the floor, and it must have taken out about six players. It went, it was yeah. just unreal. And there was that Walker crossfield pass, wasn't there? Yesterday um, in the in the Italy game. Yeah. So you know, it's really, it's yeah. I mean, I was, I always, I'm always more interested in England when there's City players playing. You know, it's not always been very often, but so it's it definitely is interesting now. Yeah, it, I used to, we used to mock, uh, Argent, you know, United fans for singing Argentina because they hated the England team, and <laughs> we thought, you know. How disrespectful what we'd give to, you know, like the joy when Sean Wright Phillips got on the substitutes bench for England or got 10 minutes on the pitch. But uh, to be honest, I see where they're coming from now because the crap that City players have got every time they're on the pitch and the utter ignorance about their skills as footballers makes you not, you know, you kind of hope they don't even play for England. And I think what's helped in the last couple of games is seeing players like Walker and Sterling and for the most of the time, ninety percent plus 
stones play at, you know, be some of the best players on the pitch. Mm. So it makes watching England easier. Uh, Lloyd, just going back to something Kerry said, I know when Guardiola left Germany, there was a lot of talk that he changed the way the national side played, not just how his club side played. Are you seeing what Kerry mentioned that he's seen Southgate? I mean, Southgate's admitted that, well, he doesn't have to admit it. He's, uh, he said that he's been to see coaches in the Premier League and have chats with them and take on, you know, visited the grounds and taken on board stuff. Do you, re- do you see, I think there's been a change in the way the team's played the last two games, that the trying that this England team is trying to play like City do? No, definitely. I think I think that's spot on. And you only have to look back at the periods that Pep was in Spain and with Barcelona. And obviously Barca won uh, sorry, Spain won in two thousand and eight, they won in two thousand and ten, they won the Euros again in twenty twelve, and then obviously whilst he was in Germany, you know, Germany won the World Cup. Um and I think I think the thing is it, in England it's going to take longer because of how entrenched things are but I think you're right I think um, that there's definitely been a noticeable change in in England's play I think it's starting to slowly creep through a little bit into the Premier League but I think it's going to take a lot longer but in terms of Southgate and England yeah, I've, been, I've been I've been pretty impressed with the with the last with the last two games and you know if you consider the four games before that as well I know you know that both of them were nil nils, but they were against Brazil and Germany, um, and we've been competitive in all in all of those games. Um, and yeah, I just I think Southgate in particular, like you said, he's obviously he's obviously you know been to see Pep, and he's trying to look at different ideas. I know he's been he's met up with um, the All Blacks co- coach Steve Hansen. Um, he's been like putting some into into like the cycling psychology, um, kind of around coaching the players in terms of a mental side because obviously that's really what England players struggle with in the in the summer um I've been really impressed with how he's you know made some of the big decisions on players he's got rid of got rid of Rooney early doors got rid of Cahill said no to Hart said no to Smalling um and then in his press conferences as well I think it's been really refreshing to have you know all these things necessarily don't make a good manager when it comes down to the actual team but I think the way he's spoken on racism, the way he's spoken on foreign policy, the way he's called out Boris Johnson, all that kind of stuff. I think that's really refreshing. Um, and then when you add to that, I think in the last two games, you know, I think it is, you can, a bit like you said, you can kind of, you can kind of see that, you know, you, for the first time in a long time with England, you can see that there's something there. It's definitely not the finished product and there's definitely still holes in centre mid and centre back's a bit of a worry and maybe goalkeeper, but there's definitely a developing style of play. So everywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no. I think I think the problem is that England are probably one really good centre-back short. They're obviously a little bit light in centre-mid. Depends on a couple of injuries with Wilshire, with Lalana, etc. But I think, you know, for the first time in a while, you are seeing a development. You are seeing something that looks, especially in an attacking sense, it's just it's just a lot less dull because I think that was the problem with England. You tune yeah, in the dullness. and it was just so dull. Whereas now you've got that we've got a bit we've got that kind of combination of quick movement that Sterling and even though I hate him, Jesse Lingard are providing. And there's the pressing as well. So it's definitely going in the right direction. You know, I think obviously we'll talk about it later. There are teams that are way further down the development curve. But for the first time in a while I think there's actually a lot to like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know you like Southgate more than I do, but he's uh, so far early that he's pleasantly surprised me by a lot of the stuff you've just said. Uh, seems to have more balls, maybe, yeah, than I thought. Uh, I think he's, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a perception he's a bit of a bit too much of a nice guy and couldn't maybe yeah. say, make those big calls. But I think the way, for me anyway, the way he he, he dealt with Rooney, the way he's dealt with Hart, the way he literally called Chris Smalling out and basically said he's just not the defender for me. Not bothered if he plays for United, not bothered if he's a good defender per se. I just don't think you know, I don't think he is what we want to build over the next two, four years. So I quite respected that. And I agree, I didn't think he had that to him, but I think it's probably come out. Yeah. Uh, we shall see. And uh, let's look at the City players that played for England. Uh Kerry, start with someone who Clearly, for me, impressed. Uh, Ryan Sterling. He's. I mean, we've talked a lot about his mentality. He's had a lot to deal with. 
and I felt when he played for England, he went back into his shell, as he did in the earlier part of his City career. But he looks, he looks full of confidence now if he's turning out for City or England. Uh, what do you think of him? Were you impressed by him? And I know City have, I think the Derby we used him as a number 10. Do you think there's a role for him centrally? Or is this just a once in a blue moon uh, situation where he moves into the centre? Um, yeah, first of all, yeah, I was really impressed. I thought he, he well, he was man of the match, wasn't he, in the, in the Italy game? Um, and yeah, I think there's, def- there's definitely scope for him to play in that in that central role. I mean, you know, Pep's used him there a few times. Um, the thing we always talk about on, on the pods about Sterling is about his kind of his game intelligence. Um, yeah. You know, we we all know that, yeah, sometimes he can perhaps, if he's got too much time to think, he doesn't make the right decision, etc. although he's obviously improving on that uh, dramatically. But we've always all, all said... You know his movement, being in the right place at the right time. It's it's kind of second to none, um, and it just felt like he was. You know he was making some unbelievably smart runs uh, in these England games, and but also his use of the ball was fantastic as well. And and on top of that, he was also just being really direct at times. So he kind of just yeah, he just showed a bit of everything really, um, and he just yeah, he just looked so confident. And I don't know whether it was just kind of a you know, who knows whether it's he's been given a bit more freedom or, you know, from, from Southgate or, or whatever it may be. But um, it was really nice to see. It was because you kind of, the shit he sort of puts up with, you know, over the years. I've, I've gen, I think I've even said on pods before, I, I think he should announce his international retirement and just yeah. say, fuck you all then, <laughs> you know. It's like, if you don't want me to play, I just won't play. But obviously he's too professional for that and that's why I'm not a professional footballer. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, the only downside for City players being brilliant for England is, you know, that that means they'll be, they'll play them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's no avoiding that now. (laughs) There's going to be, going to be City players in the England team. So yeah, I think the only thing he needs at international level is to get, he's not scored, I don't think, for about two years. That's right. Which obviously England don't play every week. So it's not quite as bad a stat as it sounds. But uh, I hope. I don't know how many more games they've got before the World Cup, but it'd be nice if you get on the score sheet before you know the big games come. Or and I hope during the competition itself, as I expect he will be a starter, uh, that he does at least get on the score sheet once. So, uh, Lloyd, anything to add? Were you impressed by him? Does he seem to have turned the corner for the national side? Yeah, I mean, not much to add really. I think Kerry's you know covered some really good points there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, Sterling for me more than anyone else is the is kind of the City player that when I don't watch City and I watch them for the national sides, the one that I want the most to do well because I think yeah. what he's had to dealt what he's had to deal with in terms of the criticism is just it's just been absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, the guy he's got almost thirty five caps. He's um, he's twenty three. Um, he's been a he's been a massive part of the national team now for you know, a good number of years. I mean, he played that game against Italy four years ago um, and he was he was England's best player by a mile. And the ghost girl. Yeah, oh God, I threw my pint across the pub for that. Um, <laughs> but, um, the the country, yeah. Oh no, it was, that was gutting. But um, no, he's, I think the biggest thing is he's, he's, last night and the other night, you've seen him take on that level of responsibility on the pitch in terms of demanding the ball um, running at players with no fit, just like he does for City, and I don't think we've necessarily seen that in an England shirt. Because um, I think a lot of his really good games for England have been the earlier games um, in his career. Not that many whilst he's been at City. So, yeah, great to see over the last last two games. Well, I still think you have to thank Southgate as well for that for letting him come out of shell. Definitely, I'm not sure. You've just messed about a lot. I'm not the only one who's messed about in previous, you know of previous managers and previous games, uh, but being played centrally and like that, uh, I think Southgate's done it before and it didn't go very well and he took off at half-time. I don't know if he was central, uh, but it's good to see him still getting the chance. Uh, speaking of which, playing Walker, central defence, uh, 
You see that coming, Lloyd, or... Yeah, I mean... It went, it went quite well, it, it went very well, but I think, to be honest, I think most City fans, I, th- I really don't think that, that those performances would have surprised City fans because Walker kind of has played there nominally in quite a lot of games when we have when we have the ball so much as we do um, and you know the left back kind of has been you know Zinchenko or Delph or whoever Walker often normally is, is kind of in that third centre back position and there have been times in games when we've had injuries and, and the like where he has kind of played there um, so the way he's adapted absolutely not a surprise I think one aspect that's really come out of his game that he probably hasn't shown as much when he's played fullback is those long field uh, kind of cross field passes played some amazing ones against England um, I just don't think you have the time and space obviously when you play right back but the only thing for me is I'm as good as he's been I'm just not sure whether it's I'm not 100% sure whether it's the right thing to England, for England to do purely because I don't I think the trade off in terms of the yeah. what you'll lose from having Kyle Walker as your right wing back when I don't think we've got anyone nearly as good. Whereas I think the centre backs, I think the trade off is probably for me um, not as bad in terms of between what Walker would be like and say someone like Maguire. Um, so I'd I'd be a bit unsure about about just playing in there in the World Cup just because you might lose so much on that kind of right wing. I don't think Trippier uh, did himself any favours against Italy. And that's the mm. problem, really. Uh, but yeah, it was a surprise, but and it worked well. But yeah, unfortunately, he's probably needed elsewhere. I agree with you, uh, Kerry. Finally, Stoke, John Stones, the the endless discussion, generally good, <laughs> yeah, on the edge of your seat type footballer, though. Uh, <sighs> yeah, where do you st- where do you stand with him? It's a, so just want to quickly just say one thing about Walker I think the commentator said it in the England game just it was an interesting observation about the heat map yeah. he said the heat map for Walker at playing centre-back was actually almost identical to the heat map of him playing at right back for City <laughs> um, yeah. I thought that was interesting uh, yeah Stones my my fear for Stones is that he will be you know if he if he makes one if he right, yeah. he makes the cock up in the World Cup that means we go out He'll, you know, he'll be the burning effigies and all that, you know. And it's not like City players get a particularly easy ride playing for England anyway. But if there's one City player that I worry could make that could make a sort of fatal mistake um, in a game, it is it is Stones, you know. And it's not it's not a criticism of Stones per se because it's just it's partly. partly his get you know just how he plays or you know where he plays and the way he plays but I don't know it's just I don't know what's I don't know what he's I'm not quite sure what he's lost it must be confidence rather than a physical thing but you know just since the injury because before the injury it was the best you know the best I think any of us had seen him play he was you know kind of a colossus he was physical and he was picking the right passes and he'd cut those mistakes out and then since he came back he's sort of seems to really struggle to be making the right decision and you know he's he's put us in trouble quite a few times playing for City and since he came back um, you know I'm not saying he's been awful but he's just he's, he only needs to make one big mistake and that's the thing people talk about um, and I just think for England it's totally ma- like magnified it'll be even worse um, however I still think you know he played some unbelievable passes and as he is with City, I think he's he's going to be integral to... If England want to play like that, then you're going to have to have centre-backs that can play those passes. Otherwise, that way of football just simply isn't going to work. Well, if England go out... I'll say if, when. <laughs> England go out, <laughs> uh, there has to be a scapegoat, of course. So Yeah, uh, that's my biggest worry. Get, and also then the knock-on effect... Sure, obviously, it will be a City player. Yeah, yeah the knock-on effect of, you know, of then... When he comes back to City, you know, playing for City next season, it's just a worry, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, after his early wobbles, so, you know, I thought it was very good. Uh, but that's the problem with Stones. Yeah, you know, with any defender, it, you know, it has to be ninety minutes of uh, consistency. But I think we'll like it's like we said earlier, it's sort of the, it's not really even his fault. You know, in in the England setup, it's 
certainly what it looked like is it was more players weren't making themselves available. Yeah, and but an option. However, <laughs> that people, you know, the you know, the fans on mass are not going to talk about that. Are they? They're just going to say he gave the ball away and then so and so scored and that's it. So that's the worry. Really, it's probably not even going to yeah. be his fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if he's going to pass it, it has to be someone to pass it to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because he's just not going to welly it to the halfway line. It's just not what he's ever going to do. So, uh, just got you know, he's got to be brave with him. Uh, but there might be further obstacles ahead. But as, as you said, the problem with the finals is there's no room for error. So, we shall see. Uh, but I think he's played pretty much every game for Southgate. So, it looks like... He will be a starter, which brings me on. I uh, apologise, Kerry, you've not had much chance to think about this, so I'll ask Lloyd first. I want you to name, we we assume everyone's fit, so there's no injuries, name your England starting eleven for the first game of that World Cup. And Lloyd, I want you to name what you would do as manager and then just very quickly say if you think that would differ much from what Southgate would do. Okay, so... I think this. Can I just say this was very hard when I tried to. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think literally about there's about for the first time ever there's not not due to really poor choices and not due to the absolute overwhelming talent of the squad, but somewhere in between there's a lot of places to look for grabs. I reckon so. We may differ in our choices. No, I completely agree, and I actually think even though England probably aren't in uh, probably around about the eighth kind of ninth, tenth favourites for the competition. I actually think if you look at the squad, on the on the on the real outskirts it is quite uh, it is a little bit weak, but I think there's fifteen, sixteen players who are all really, really decent players actually. So yeah, it does make it quite yeah. difficult. But I've so I've gone for so I've Pickford in net for me. Um I've gone for back three of Dyer, Stones and Maguire with Walker, right wing back, um, Henderson and Wilshire, obviously big star next to Wilshire's name yeah. in centre mid. Rose at left back, small yeah. star probably next to him, given that he's been in and out for Spurs. And then front three, or kind of the, just the, the three players that are the attacking players for me, would be Ali, Sterling, and Kane. Um, and then the only, what I think Southgate will probably do is I think it looks like. I think Walker playing right right centre back in those two games, I think for me, points massively towards him doing that in the finals, which, as I said before, is not something I'm sure is the best idea. Um, I think obviously Southgate really likes Dyer. Looks like he quite likes Jones as well, so maybe Jones can edge out Maguire. And then the only other one would be, I think, Ali. I, I've put him in because I think he's probably the next best player after Sterling and Kane but to be to be quite frank if your options are you know Vardy um, Rashford and Lingard they're not the worst options in the world and I think you know if Rashford played instead it wouldn't be really wouldn't be the worst thing yeah uh, a lot of it's pretty similar yeah. I've gone for Butland in goal but I really have no reason I've got no evidence to back that up yeah uh, fair enough I'm not sure how he's going to go with that I think those two, and Hart will travel as a, in the squad, but he's surely third choice now. At uh, Walker Rose, yes, yeah, I think Maguire. I, I think Maguire might. He played well against uh, Holland. Yeah, I like Maguire. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Dyer Henderson, Sterling Kane. Uh, I mean, there is a movement that he may go with Vardy. Well, he's not going to leave Kane out, but Vardy's. You know, if we're against a team that's pressing high up the pitch, it's quite a useful weapon to have. You know, for a counter attack. Uh, my feeling is he might just go. I don't know if he'll bottle out of this, but he might go for Lingard over Ali because of form over talent. So, uh, so Ali, I don't think Ali's choice. You know, his place in the side is really under threat at the moment, and he needs to pick his form up in the rest of the season. Uh, but other, yeah. It's pretty similar to yours, to be honest. But yeah, you look, I mean, Wilshire, I think it's Dyer Henderson in the middle. But then, 
Could be Lalana coming to form. Yeah, Lalana's a very good player, when he, but he's. I, I think they said on the TV last night he's started two games for Liverpool this season. Yeah, which is exactly. mental. He's going. He's going to have a have to have a strong end of season. Mm. Has, he, has uh, he been injured, or is he just not? They just not been picking him. He, he had a really bad injury, and then that. Klopp and himself admitted that they rushed him too back too soon, back okay. too soon, and he got a recurrence. And then I think he's just not been able to get into the team because it's got it's just come to the business end of the season. They've not obviously that front three is so good. He's kind of chance been playing well. He's just not really got in. And uh, hilarious red card for was it a youth side or reserve side? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a month or two ago when he had a real strop. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you could put. I mean Wilshire again. Just I just can't see him. I said pick a team on the assumption everyone's fit, but <laughs> he's just not going. To even be. assuming everyone's fit, you can't assume Wilshire's fit. <laughs> even though, yeah, even though <laughs> I'm assuming everyone's fit, Wilshire's injured. <laughs> uh, and Ashley Young, I mean, he could. Think, yeah, I could see because he's quite a senior player now. You know, uh, getting on in years, he could have a a part to play. So yeah, there's a lot of moving around there, but it does give us options. Uh, Kerry, from all that mess I've just said, <laughs> uh, do you have any strong... Yeah, do you think it's pretty much what Lloyd... Yeah, I pretty of? much... Um, I'd, like, yeah, I didn't have long to think about it, but I, I, I quickly had written down pretty much everyone that Lloyd picked. Um, I would also go on for Pickford in goal, um, if only for that one uh, clearance that he did the other day when everyone was... Uh, I can't quite what he did now, but it was it was repeating on Twitter all day the next day, um, where he came like way out of the box. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. So you know, yeah, let's go for Pickford. <laughs> um, yeah, I just um, Hen- the one player I just don't like is Henderson. I just don't. No, I. I just don't know. Stats are good. Yeah, I just, I just something Tanner. about he's one of those players. I just don't really. Just don't really warm to him, you know. No. Just don't really. It just doesn't seem to do it for me. But, um, but I do. I think England have got a really good squad, and you know, when over over both those games, you know, even as much as I hate to admit it, you know, like obviously Lingard and Rashford, and you know, they're just there's some there's some great, or there's some exciting strength and depth. Um, you know, I think this tournament's going to be definitely too early for England to really do anything, but. It's the first time in a long time I feel like there's some kind of there's potential there. It's felt like for a long for the last five years or so there's not even been potential. Yeah, just look at the where the youth sides are just ripping it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. Obviously, that has to transfer into you know becoming you know a senior player skill set. You know, this still it doesn't mean everything, but there are some hopes there. For the future, uh, just one very, very quick question: Do either you, would either you consider the option of a wild card choice of a young player like that? Who was it that took uh, Walcott all those years ago? Sven, wasn't it? Sven, was it Sven? Yeah. yeah, it seemed pointless to me. I mean, you're not you're not taking players for an experience. That you, you sh- for me, you should only take a player if you're prepared to put him on the pitch. Do you see? Do you see there being a wild wild card choice, or is he just going to stick to? Established yeah, players can't see it really. I mean, there's a lot. A lot of those players are quite young anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously they're they're established players, but I don't know. I, I can't see him doing it. You know, room for Phil Foden. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has Ooh. been mentioned, but yeah. If you're gonna take if you're gonna take a wild card, you know, is maybe he's the one. But I can't see him doing it. The one, the one for me. I don't know whether it's necessarily a wild card, but I think if Harry Winks hadn't have had such an injury plague season given the weakness in centre mid I think he he's someone that I really would have yeah, it's a good t- taken a look at because I, I think he's got a real variety to his game that none of the other centre mids you know with the exception of Wilshire but as we said massive star against his name I think he's got he's got really good passing range he's you know he's good defensively because you know he's played under Pochettino I think he could have been perfect and could have made a late dash but obviously He's really struggled with injuries, so I think yeah, he would have been the one for me. Yeah, any chance of Delft getting there? Yeah, I think I think there is. I mean, Southgate's name checked Delft a few times, saying that he's very much in in the thought. But again, the thing the thing with Delft is 
it's, it's the injuries as well. And the problem with a World Cup like Wilshire, like Lalana, is you're, you are, you know, you're turning around every four to five days. And to be fair to Delft, he did go through the worst part of the season playing pretty much every game for you know, a good three, four months. But he's obviously, since then, he struggled a little bit. He, has got, he did get the red, which probably broke his season up a little bit more than it would have otherwise. But I think Delft's definitely, he's definitely in contention. And to play in you know, one of the centre mid roles in that back three, I think he's, you know, he's got really good attributes to play there. Yeah. I think he'd probably be back up anyway in the squad. So I don't think... You know, the the game of every four days will be a problem because he's very unlikely to play every game. Maybe, maybe you you're more worried about an injury prone player if he's a first choice. But yeah, we will say hopefully he gets some game time in. I think he's good enough to get into that squad if he's fit. So we'll see. Uh, very quickly before we look ahead, uh, rather than backwards, looking at the squads. Obviously, we won't have watched all the games of other teams. Uh, Kerry, is the but look at the squads and the players out. Who who are your contenders for the World Cup? That's the usual suspects, I think. Um, I didn't I, I didn't see any any of the other games, but um, did Germany have a full strength team out when Brazil beat them yesterday? No, I didn't watch it. But the, the feeling it? before the game was it was a B squad. Oh, okay, it, right. it was so still an incredibly changes. strong team because it's Germany. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, yeah, it was. It was it kind of there for, that yeah. B. Oh, okay, that's, that was just thought it was an interesting result. But um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Argentina they changed a lot as well, hadn't they? Um, and they got absolutely battered. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it feels like you know Spain are still up there, Germany. Brazil, I'm still never quite sure of, like, kind of, you know, whether they're quite there yet again. Um, feels like they're, you know, they, they're a lot better than they were in the last one, but they're, you know, they're, they're building still. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, for me, I think it's still going to be Germany, Spain, out of those. Yeah. Lloyd, what do you think? Um so I, I watched the Spain I watched the Spain Germany um game, the first game when both played their best teams and um and Silver played as well. And despite being encouraged by the England game, I was like, Wow. The level the le- <laughs> yeah. the level of of that game was just it was like watching Champions <laughs> it was like watching Champions League football, which is rarely what international football is like. Um, yeah. for the first kind of thirty, forty minutes, Spain were just unbelievable they played with kind of Isco Iniesta um, and Silva and you know all that and Thiago and Koke I think they had basically five number tens behind <laughs> Rodrigo with uh, Busquets playing as well and then the back four of Ramos PK um, Carvajal and Alba which and De Gea in there I mean it's just an unbelievable team and yeah for the first 30-40 minutes they were just unplayable then Germany kind of came back into it with a bit more dynamism, um, obviously, which they bring. So for me, I think I think you've got three clear favourites, which are those two in Brazil. I think Brazil looked really good recently. I've watched a decent amount of them when I've had the chance, and they've got way more balance than Brazil teams traditionally in that they've got... Um, they're playing Coutinho in the midfield three, but they've got two workhorses in, in it's normally Casemiro and, um, and they're playing Paulino, actually. And obviously, they've got Fernandinho and... You know others to yeah. play in that position, but so a bit more functional then, though. Yeah, a little bit more, but I think they obviously, as has been the case with Brazil in the past, I think they've been too functional of late. But previously, you know, they've been a bit they they well, they are Brazil. They've been a bit too, a bit too lightweight, and I think you know that's kind of that's changed since Tite's come in as manager. I mean, when they when he took them over, they were sixth in the qualification group, and I think from from that point they then won. I think they won every game because um, they they ran away with it by about ten points in the South American qualifying, which is no mean feat when you consider the quality of the teams that are in that yeah. qualifying. So yeah, for me that those three are the um, they're kind of the standouts with Argentina just bringing themselves into that level, maybe purely by Messi, but they've got some real issues. Well, they have got some real issues. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to pick. Uh, Dybala Icardi perhaps for the final which meant 
Yeah, the Dybala one is amazing. Yeah. Because uh, if Messi if Messi gets injured or if he can't play for whatever reason, I mean, I know there's a, there's a lot been said that they can't play together, but surely you have him at least in the squad. Yeah. And, you know, he's not being able to drag this team. Not his fault, really, but he's not being able to, you know, overcome the issues of the team in the past, Messi, and turn them into world beaters. I just can't see them having enough because... A bit of a car crash team, so I don't know. They shoot themselves in the foot a lot, don't they? So, yeah, I think I agree with you. There's three standout teams there. Uh, but I still think Spain will be. I think Spain will come back and do it this time. Uh, I think they've just got that ridiculous depth. Be interesting to see who they play up front because they've obviously got Costa yeah. and Morata and Rodrigo who played. And I think Morata's probably the ideal striker for that system, but he's just in such shit form. Yeah, the, got to be Costa. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, enough international football. <laughs> Two <laughs> weeks of it. Let's look forward. We've got a game at last, a proper game and a big game. It's Everton. Uh, just but just very briefly, because uh, look, Lloyd, you mentioned this in the notes. It's a long, long, long time ago when we played them at home. It seems <laughs> like a lifetime ago. That one all. Uh, which I watched on holiday, <laughs> drown my sorrows, uh, that and the Bournemouth game. <sighs> Could we have foreseen what lay ahead for both teams after that game? Uh, start with you, Kerry, because, I mean, I say I was on holiday, and the game after that was Bournemouth, wasn't it? And it wasn't a great performance until the 97th minute. It looked like the season was going the same way as the previous one. And Everton were looking like they'd won the transfer window, we're all saying on the pod... <laughs> bright, time, bright times ahead uh, yeah. I don't think we could have seen how this season went no I don't think no I don't think any of, any of us thought that we'd be as good as we've been um, yeah I don't, I, I'd still, I'm still annoyed about that game <laughs> still pisses me off when I think about it because I still feel like we could have won it you know we should have won it and if, yeah. it was such a shit red card um, you know we just I, yeah, I just still feel it still bugs me, you know that 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 was a draw, and because I did, th- I think we played well, and we played really well with ten men. Um, yeah. I can't remember when he was sent off. But it was quite early, wasn't it? Forty-two minutes. It was like yes, yeah, so it was half the game, first half. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, yeah, it, I I don't think we could have seen what you know just how good we we were going to go on to be. But I remember thinking it wasn't a draw where I thought we had a shit game there, you know, that's a, that's yeah. frustrating. It was, it was a draw where it was like, we should have won that. That's why it's frustrating. Yeah. Lloyd, but do you see Everton being, having this, you know, troublesome season? No. And I think that's kind of why, off that performance anyway, I think that's kind of why I kind of thought of that because yes, obviously after the red card, I think, and it's, I don't think enough was made of it at the time. I think City's performance after the red card was unbelievable. Um, the way we just kind of turned the game. But no, in terms of Everton, they were it was they were really really dynamic that game, which is exactly what they haven't been this season. Calvert Lewin kind of gave them he was that really outlet. Good, wasn't he? Yeah, he kind of bullied he bullied yeah. both our centre backs and was running. They were playing really good balls into the channels, and he was just absolutely bullying both of our centre backs and. Rooney was also, I thought, obviously he started the first game of the season, scored that great header. And then just typical Rooney, as he always does against City, just kind of arriving a bit Lampard-esque late and just finishing. And at, at that point, you know, they, they, they did look quite impressive, but obviously it's just gone, City and Everton from that game have just gone in separate ways, which is obviously <laughs> fantastic for us because I don't like Everton. Um, no. But... Yeah, I think the, the interesting thing was just how they were so dynamic in that game and how they have been so flat for the rest of the season, um, especially without kind of a proper striker, without Balassi being fit. They've just been so, so dead. Uh, before <coughs> we look at them, simple question. How big a game is this? Lloyd, I'll start with you. Just... My reasoning being, obviously, we know the situation with the league. Mm. We all know the maths of it. 
the Liverpool game, two Liverpool games either side of United now has kind of muddied the water somewhat. Just how much does this mean to you to want to win the league against United? Or is it not really the be-all and end-all? No, I I was thinking this the other day. No, it does actually mean a hell of a lot because I want to do another pitch invasion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, I think the thing is, the, the, the interesting, I think it's, this has been discussed a few times, but the interesting dichotomy with that Aguero goal was it was so good and it was almost as good as any football game can ever be. That there are a few things now for a City fan that can kind of get close to that and I think yeah. beating United in the league by literally playing that game I think is pretty much as close as you can get apart from maybe kind of a Champions League okay. semi-final or something so yes um, I think it's to facilitate that is just the, the opportunity it is kind of once in a once in a generation, maybe even once in a lifetime opportunity to win the league against your nearest rivals. The the, the converse to that is I, I would probably say the Everton game itself probably isn't as big as that Everton game away in 13-14. Oh, God, no. When mm. Dzeko <laughs> rolled around on the floor in in great fashion for like three minutes. I think we'll all remember <laughs> that. But um, no, it, it is... It is a really big game, I think, purely because of what it can facilitate. And, you know, let's... I think, you know, we've got to be confident about this. We've we've basically lost two games this season that have actually mattered. Um, so, you know, I think the record speaks for itself. We should be going into this with massive confidence, despite our record at Goodison. I mean, it doesn't matter how good we are in the future. <clears throat> you can't... Yeah, the, the opportunity may never present itself again. It's down to the vagaries of mm. a fixture list and yeah it's basically you can't match the Aguero moment so this is if you talk about the league as you said this is how <laughs> this is what you'd write you know think of a scenario this is the best you can come up with it's a, a more than worthy substitution uh, well, Kevin, just quick quick oh sorry, sorry go on, I was just going to say on that um, yeah I, I, I did actually tweet this but like you know going back you know 20 years or whatever I Every time when the when the fixtures came out, I would always look at when the second derby was, yeah. for fear that that was when United would win the league, you know, by beating us, or relegate. And then yeah, on top of that, or that we'd be, or they'd relegate us because I remember Liverpool relegating us, and you know, growing up mostly in Wales, surrounded by Liverpool and United fans. Um, so that was literally so the fact that this is even a possibility. I do think it really is once in a lifetime. I just think because in all those years that United used to win, you know, win the league every year and we were shit and they would beat us every, in, in you know, the vast majority yeah. of the derbies, they still never beat us to win the league. <laughs> um, you know, the, the fixtures never fell in that way or whatever. So it still never happened. So I just don't think it would ever happen again, the opportunity. Having said all that, we do. You know, we we're going to win the league regardless. So it does. In a way, I don't feel. It's like I don't feel the pressure of it. Yeah. Because we're gonna, we are going to win the league. But but you know, it's it, if we could do it that way, and really winning it at pretty much almost the earliest possible opportunity, you know, then it really would be something special, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, it won't ruin the league for me, obviously, because winning the title, nothing will ruin that. But. And having said that, we do tend... I mean, the fixture list is not quite as random as it's probably you think it is. We do tend to play them a lot in April. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. No, I, that's, I think it's totally knows, set maybe. Up, isn't it? Whoever they think the title challenges are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's fixed quite a lot. So, uh, who knows? Did we, we play Leicester last year, like sort of in the last couple of games? You know, they must have thought yeah. that it would be, between, you know, we were going to be up there or something. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I, but th- for me, the Liverpool, if it, I don't know, it's it's a really hard choice. You know, I know if if you had to choose one or the other, but just the way the Liverpool fans have been going on, it's absolutely done my head in. So I really, really <laughs> want to beat them. I really want to knock them out so badly. <laughs> you know, yeah. if we're going to win the league anyway, I mean, if we if we don't beat Everton, is it then? Imp- it's then impossible to even if we beat United. Is that is that right? Or 
That's right. Which yeah. is my follow-up question. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> just in case you were about to mention it, uh, yeah. If we if we don't beat, well, we're assuming United beat Swansea, so we we have to match United's result uh, on the same earlier that day at home. To oh, Swansea that's right. Yeah, yeah. For us to win the league against United, so I think they'll beat Swansea, uh, despite their good, you know Swansea's good form. So we assume we make an assumption that we need to beat Everton. Now, if if we didn't match United's result and we can't win the league against United, would you, with Liverpool in mind, consider putting a weakened squad out against United, or is that out of order? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that to me? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, I lost Lloyd as well. But... Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I think back to the league. The League Cup last year was it last year? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah, you know, and he uh, pep yeah, put, it was, yeah. put you know, we had like Foden was, was Foden playing, I think he was. We had a couple of youngsters, though, didn't we? And um, yeah, Nacho was, yeah, yeah, and it was, you know, there was uh, there was a lot of uh, City fans quite pissed off about it, you know, because it's still United, even if it was the, the League Cup. So I don't know, I, I just you know, it, there's so many, there's so many possibilities with us. You know, breaking records and things like that as well. I just think mm. we've just got to go for it now. You know, I don't think playing second string is gonna make is gonna help anyone. It's well, the business end of the season. We've just got to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> They've had well, a few weeks you, off. Would you play a weekend team at all? Of course, Liverpool play Everton as well the same day, so they'll have to. That's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, given. Given the um, given the rest that the players have had, I I just I think you just go for it because it's basically four four ish games across these kind of next period that will just define the season. And yeah, okay, if we get past Liverpool, then you know there are going to be more games. But um, I think you've you've got to go as strong as you can. Obviously, time permitting, because you know certain players like Company. Maybe Silver might not be able to turn around, you know, three games in seven days. But with the exception of that, I would, I would be going pretty much as strong as you can for every game. Well, we'll mess up against Everton now, and I've probably ruined conversation point for next week's. <laughs> you know, well, I was thinking if that, you know, that's that's not the worst case scenario. <laughs> if you've got a, you know, I'd rather that than not beat United to not win yeah. the league, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, well, yeah, I want us to win it all. <laughs> just win them yeah. all and just sweep sweep all before us because that's what well, we've been exactly. doing. And yeah, we deserve exactly. it. We deserve to win it in that that fashion. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd, could, well, best, yeah, looking at this, the game this weekend, what should we be super confident about this when all things considered? But Everton squad is still plenty of talent in there, isn't there? Uh, but not playing great football but then not got a good record against them but then we're obviously far better I look at their defence pretty you know pretty ageing defence parts of it is this a game we should win easily? Uh, I I don't know about easily but I think sometimes the best way to look at these games is speak to someone speak to a fan of a fellow kind of top four top six team or just anyone else in the Premier League and I think, you know, almost universally, they would say that City are going to win this match. Almost no, no questions asked. Um, Arsenal, um, Everton have been better, obviously, under uh, um, at home than they have away. I don't, I mean, they've been a bit better under Allardyce. Obviously, they've, you know, reached 40 points. But I have a couple of friends who's an Everton fan, one in particular, who is just already uh, dissatisfied and done with Allardyce. And I think, yeah, you know, they've got, they've got, uh, it's got a little bit better in recent weeks. And obviously, I think you know, Walcott is a you know good Premier League player. Um, I don't think he's good enough to play for a top six team, but you know, he's on his day he can definitely be dangerous. Balassi is coming back. I think he's he actually is a really really decent player, but obviously he's fresh back from being out for over over a year. Um, and then Schenk Tosin has obviously scored a couple of goals in his last few games. But I mean, as I said before. You've only got to think. City have literally lost two games that have mattered this season in Wigan and in Liverpool. So, given given how the players have reacted to much harder challenges away from home, I 
don't want to sound too cocky, but I think we'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> Gary, do you, do you share that optimism? Yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about it really, <laughs> which is quite unusual. I'm, you know, I'm, I, it's always been a bit like they're just one of those teams for us, aren't they? But um, well, it's just scousers in general. <laughs> just whenever we play <laughs> scouse teams, they're always they will always raise their game. Um, Cup final, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. We just see we just seem to have a different mentality this season, and yeah, you know. Wigan aside, um, we've we've turned up when we've, when we've needed to, and also we we have beaten Everton in the past when we really needed to. So, yeah, I just think you know they're you know they're safe. They're not, you know. So I don't know. I just feel like aside from just the usual them raising their game against us um, for whatever reason that is. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not worried really. I, th- I think we've got more than enough to win that game. Fair enough. Uh, well, let's finish then. What about you, Howard? Come on, I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear uh, you uh, say uh, Howard. What, <laughs> what the logic says, I think, you know, I'm a pessimist, but I think we'll overrun them over the 90. I, I think it'll be niggly. I do. My, my worry is, you know, the wing backs getting Baines or Coleman's back now crosses in, you know, to that striker. Uh, Tosson is it? Uh, could be a threat. His heading ability, set pieces. You know, we can be undone the physicality, but yeah, my general consensus is, I think we'll overrun them. I think we'll tire them out, uh, and it might take late goals, but I'm, I'd be surprised if we don't score at least three goals. To be honest. I think they'll score, but I think that defence can really be get, got at. There's just, I mean, I don't know who we'll play. And, you know, Rooney will have a world-class game, no doubt. But <laughs> Jagielka, I don't know how old he is now. Baines, obviously Keane's bang out of form. There's got to be opportunities there for that for us to absolutely run amok. Uh, but I think they'll just try and spoil the game for as long as possible. Uh, but, yeah, I... I was going to ask you for predictions, so I'm going to go for a 3-1 away win. So, Lloyd, what do you think? I like 3-1. Sounds like a good weekend to me. Put money on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say 3-1 too. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. We're all in agreement. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed uh, that will set us up for the biggest... uh, Actually, final question, because I saw it on a message board today. How big is the next two weeks in our recent history? Someone said it was the biggest, and then others went, no. How big is this? Because in a way, we've said the United game could be big, but we'll win the league anyway now. Even I think that. (laughs) We can't throw that away. So essentially, I don't think it's the biggest. I think it's going to be one of the most stressful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. yeah just I'll because of, you know, just the, who we're playing and how quickly we're playing them all together. You know, I think, and let's not forget, we've got Spurs after as well. Yeah, um, exactly. Away. It's, uh, it's a hell of a one of games. Yeah, so I don't I, I don't think it's the biggest in the sense of, you know, like our, you know, our future and things like that. But I definitely am not looking forward to it. <laughs> just how stressful <laughs> it's going to be. Lloyd, are you really not looking forward to it, though? Um, I am and I'm not. Fans I mean, that enjoy this, aren't? Yeah, I, I'm kind of. I just think the opportunity to win the league against United is so big, not just in terms of our own enjoyment as fans, but also just to properly bury them in terms of the city and yeah. properly, properly, you know, end all of these bullshit debates about. Um, you know who is or isn't or whatever all all the rubbish stuff you see on Twitter I just think to win the league against them in that game with so many games still to go I think it'll be six games still to go it'll just be such a such a statement that I think it's an opportunity that like I said before you just can't miss it they'd have no comeback no, I mean, would they you know in the, yeah. the, the banter stakes they'd have no comeback for for years <laughs> well in, until well, they until they win the league over us I suppose but it's just you know, in the same way as the way we, the way nine three twenty played out, was just as stressful as it was. It was just so beautiful that it was them of all teams yeah. to snatch it away from. It was them. You know, it just feels like karma. 
And that's kind of what makes me feel like we could do it. Because it's just like, it's just just all those years coming back to, you know, all that karma coming back to roost. (laughs) And it would be twice in a decade that we've won it in, for them, for them, horrific circumstances that even we, as Lloyd said earlier, we've never had to, we've never had the league snatched away like that. And we've never had the league won against us. Uh, And let's not forget, we didn't, you know, Dennis Law didn't really send United down. They were going down anyway. So it's pretty, yeah, to have done two, if we do that, two circumstances, situations in six, seven years that would just leave football fans scarred for life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, you know, and you, as you say, Kerry, it's just, it's putting, you know, it puts, I remember when they won, they won three games against us in a season, all with last minute winners. And it was like, Oh, this is just never going to end this torture against them. But this would just turn it around forever. They literally would decimate them uh, to have the league won at our ground against them. So, yeah, that's just got me even more stressed out. Part of me does think we just won't beat Everton just to take the, the matter out of everyone's hands. But you don't know with City. They'll, just, they'll take it right to the wire, so... Last minute winner against Everton, last minute winner against United, probably. So. <laughs> oh my God, don't. for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I think we've covered everything. Uh, thank you very much, Kerry, for appearing on the pod tonight. Thanks for having me. I say tonight. You might not be listening to this, everyone. <laughs> uh, thank you, Lloyd, also. No worries, have me. Yeah, uh, and thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, lots more to come. In the next week, as we've said, a lot, lot more to cover in pods. So uh, thanks for listening and do keep listening uh, and goodbye for now.